This is Offscript with Trish Glose. Intimate interviews and conversations with interesting people. In front of my microphone today is Kathy Beaton. Hello, Kathy Beaton. Hello, good morning. And you are the owner, winemaker, head honcho at Beaton Farms. <laughs> I am. Right. Um, my husband and I started this little vineyard, li little uh, venue um, about 10 years ago. Oh, wow. Okay. And so you make wine. I make wine. And it's almost harvest season for you. It is. And the grapes are beautiful. I thought not hey. because of the smoke, but they're, they're good. They're beautiful. They're good. That's great. Um, you were telling me before we got started, you're usually the one asking the questions. I am. I've always uh, interviewed people because of my business mm -hmm. um, prior to being um, a winemaker. And you said when other people have asked you questions about maybe your personal life or just your life in general, you have said... It's none of your business. Okay, well, today it is my business. <laughs> okay. No, we're going to have fun. This okay, is going to be this good. Is good. Um, where are you from originally? I'm from Huntsville, Alabama, so I'm a Southern Belle. I couldn't tell. You still have a little bit of that accent. You know I'm from Aiken, South Carolina. Yeah, you told me that. Okay. We've had, we've had a few conversations. A few conversations kind of coming and going, yes. Yes. Uh -huh. uh, you were volunteering at the Oregon Wine Experience. I was. Pouring wine, and we were chatting it up. Um, it was interesting Oregon. that I did that because I had no clue that I would win an award with my wine. So I said I wanted to donate my time uh -huh. pouring wine, so I did that. So I was on both sides of the table. Okay. I was on two on the ends. I was the, at the beginning. I won an award, and then the, in the middle, I was volunteering. That's nice. I'm a really hard worker. I really love the working part of. Uh, I've always been a hard worker. Okay. So All right. Well, let's get back me. to your business. Okay. Uh, where, where in Alabama again? Huntsville, Alabama. Huntsville, Alabama. Uh, Rocket City. Okay. What was your childhood like? Uh, abundant. What does that mean? That means. Uh, um, a beautiful home in the south, mm. if, if you can imagine. I can. Uh, lots of uh, people around helping my mom. Mm -hmm. uh, a brother and two sisters, so it was four siblings, four children in the family. Where, where were you in the stack? I'm the middle. In the middle. I'm okay. the middle. Okay. Now, did y'all have a farm? Did you hear? Now we're going to start saying no y'all a lot. No farm. No y'all farm. No, no farm. <laughs> no y'all farm. <laughs> my grandpa had a cotton, some cotton fields, okay. but, but we had no farm. My great-grandpa had, we, we were in tobacco. My family was in right. tobacco. Um, and I think they, he did have cotton, but we had a whole other farm of, you know, corn and tomatoes right. and right. all that kind of stuff. So they were really busy with that. My father was self-employed, and he was a World War II vet, and he uh, was a hero, actually. And he um, always just was such, so adamant about doing your own business, doing your own thing. Hmm. And uh, when he retired, he wanted me to take over his company, but I didn't do that. Okay. So you say World War II hero. What branch of the military was he in? He was in the Army, and he was a tail gunner, and he was shot down four times and survived. Wow. So I know. He's pretty amazing. He's the most uh, uh, dedicated, not dedicated, but... Um, he has more medals than anybody in my county where I'm from. So his picture's all over the courthouse. Mm. I left home. I left Alabama. My family's all still there, though. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm the only one that kind of ventured. I'm the wild child, the middle wild child. So mm -hmm. I'm the only one that ventured out in into the Wild West. Mm -hmm. And my father said, oh, no, those Indians are going to scalp you when you get out there, right? Gosh. Or you're going to, what are you doing? Joining a cult. And so they had this whole vision. The, sub, the South has this vision that the West is wild, mm -hmm. right? 
and maybe that's that was my the draw for me. Um, took a, t a train trip from um, cross country. I traveled a lot. Took a train uh, trip across country from uh, uh, California. Uh, landed in Klamath Falls in the train, and it was snowing. I rented a car, drove around Southern Oregon, uh, and I how I ended up here was in Grants Pass. I bought two Victorian homes. Okay. Because growing up in the South, I grew up in a house that was built in the 1800s. Right. And I love and I love the old houses. So, I this was the early 80s, right? Mm -hmm. And and it was really a downturn time for the economy with mm -hmm. the lumber and logging. Mm -hmm. And these houses were just so sad. I just felt so sad. You for had to them. rescue them. I needed to rescue them. Okay. So I bought two of them. I, I then I started coming visiting while it was going on, and then. Um, moved in one and used the other one as my office. Okay. So that was my MO. Everybody thought that I was an interior decorator. Okay. And they've always thought I was an interior decorator. P people still to this day think I'm an interior decorator, but I'm not. Well, I want to get back to your dad for just a hot second. Oh, my dad. Sorry. Yeah. So he My dad is now, he, if he was alive, he'd be 100. Wow. But he, he passed away um, some years ago. And Where did he get shot down? You know, Germany, France. Mm-hmm. And he, so when he came home, um, was this something that you, you heard about as a kid, these stories or, you or know, no? You know, I really didn't. I really didn't hear a, a lot, although I saw his medals, but that didn't, I just didn't relate to that, you mm -hmm. know, and he kept that kind of quiet. Sure. I heard it from other people or I heard it uh, from going, you know, people having uh, dinners for him, mm -hmm. uh, but no, he never said much about it. He probably had PTSD really, sure. really bad, yeah. but I didn't know that either. I wish I had known that. Yeah, I think one of the most tragic things, um, and we are, we do have a few stories still in history books and, and museums, but one of the most tragic things are these World War II veterans not hearing their story. And granted, some of them don't want to talk about it, but it's yeah. just, a, we had this live history with us right. for so many decades, and they're disappearing. I had a sound studio also in my business, and one day we interviewed my, I interviewed my father, put him in a room with headphones on and asked him questions, and he told me a lot. So I have a beautiful recording of him. Oh, that's so special. I, it's very nice for the family. That is, yeah. and I think that's one thing, because you don't know, if you don't ask and they don't tell you, you'll, you'll never know what their story. Know. Right. Okay, so... Um, and he's a great influence in my life, too, my father. I look like my mom, but I act <laughs> like my dad. <laughs> okay, well, we'll get to that. Getting back to your childhood and, and high school, what were you like in high school? Because um, you were still in Alabama in high school. I was still in Alabama. I was very athletic. Uh, I was a cheerleader a little bit. Um, no. <laughs> I basically... Um, let's see... I have to say this. I'll tell you the story about me. Okay. We, uh, it was uh, during segregation and uh, in the '60s, and the first black person to be in my high school I had 800 in my graduating class. Okay. They interviewed the school to have someone be her hostess. They wanted the right person for her to help her to to kind of help her integrate her into integrate. school. Okay. And so I don't know. Out of 800, they chose me. So I was her friend. I think you so were that probably was the best choice. It, yeah, I don't know where that came from, but, you know, I remained friends with her. Aw, that's so, so nice. Uh-huh, it's very nice, you know. It's really a hard time 
during the world during mm-hmm. that time, but mm-hmm. it was fine with me. Yeah. I love it. That's I awesome. Lo- I loved her. She was great. After high school? After high school, I uh, was pretty wild. I got a job uh, uh, traveling, <laughs> traveling and opening banks, and I uh, did that, and I was a vice president of a bank for 10 years. Um, I didn't get married till I was 29, almost 30 years old. Wow. So I, I basically traveled and worked. Did you go to, after high school, did you go to college? Go to college. Okay. I went to college. I went uh, three and a half years of college, and then I got such a good job that I never finished. But I, you know, I could finish like, well, my life I finished because of what I've done in my For life. For sure. But I never, I'm the only one in my family without a degree. Really? But I'm, successful. but I'm probably, well, I don't want to say this because they're going to listen, but I'm probably the most successful. You just said it. <laughs> I did. No, they're all great. My siblings are great. So um, you opened banks. Yep. And opened banks. Yes, I traveled. It was when branch banking just began. Okay. And I'd go and set them up, hire the people, you know, find the location. It's, it's kind of like a Dutch Brothers. <laughs> Sure, but for banks. But for banks. Okay. Um, so you did that, and then I heard you worked for Department of Defense. How long did you work for the Department of Defense? Actually, um, it's a little bit different than working for them. I was a contractor for the Department of Defense. So okay. I had my own business, and uh, I got contracts with them. First of all, I subcontracted, because it's really hard to get a contract. My very first contract was with NASA. Hmm. Um, and I scared the boogers out of them because I was nine months pregnant when I went to sign it. And, and my contract, <laughs> I had a baby, my baby a couple of days later, worked oh. in the hospital. You know, I brought my work with me into the hospital, worked in the hospital. Um, and uh, yes, and so, yes, I was deep in the belly of the Department of Defense for many, many years, 30 years. So, um, wow. So you, you signed on to work with NASA and then two days later, had a baby. Had a baby. Did you go right back to work? I, mean, I you took said- my work with me into the hospital, and I stayed. I, yes, I put her in a box in my office, <laughs> <laughs> like, like a puppy, and kept her with me until one day, one girl, a girl, Karen, I'll never forget, Karen, Karen, I would come to the bank, you know, I'd come to the bank, and I have a baby on my arm, my briefcase, and she said, you need help. You know, you need help. And at that time, I didn't have any very many employees, just... Scientist, chemist, uh, uh, machinist, artist, uh, those sorts of people that I needed to do my work. Mm-hmm. But but actually me, the paperwork, getting the work done, doing the payroll, uh, everything, I was doing all that myself and hiring and whatever. So, and I became the CEO. Of course, I, I uh, gave myself the job as CEO since I started the company. Um, but anyway, Karen said, you need help. And I said, okay, you're right, I do. And I hired Karen. So she kind of took over that. Oh, okay. So I could just sit back and get get the work done and interact with all the people. Thank I, you, Karen. Thank you, Karen. Mm-hmm. I love Karen. So uh, I traveled. Um, I was gone two weeks out of every month to Washington, D.C. With for your business, for my business. So this was what? What did you do for the NASA? Department of, yeah. So the, what? Why did they contract you out? For what? Um. Uh. Wow. Is it classified? I've been. I've been it's very classified. I've been debriefed, and I so I forget it. But basically, uh, 
it was uh, radars that we worked toward. We wanted to make things disappear. So it was passive defense. No guns, no, uh, no, none okay. of that stuff. Um, passive defense. In other words, the stealth bomber, I climbed on it and helped them dis the, with the paint color or help them with the edges to make the edges smoother oh, so it wouldn't be seen. Okay. Camouflage, working on camouflage, going out and seeing how things would disappear and you know protect for protection of our soldiers and of the world, basically. Um, yeah. That's that. a very specific job. It's very specific. Job. It's very specific. So I was able to work as an interior decorator because I was in the paint store all the time getting different colors of paint mixed and learning how to put things together, you know. But basically it was research. Mm -hmm. People would give us money. They, they have an idea. They give us money to see if we could bring it to fruition. Okay. And we did that. And so it was really, it was very exciting. I traveled the world. I'm so it's like, I lived in Southern Oregon, but I traveled the traveled world. all over the place. And you were with are, you worked with Department of Defense, you said, for 30 years? For 30 years. So, and I'm, I'm just trying to paint a picture for myself, really. They would call you to come in. You would maybe travel somewhere. You would look at something. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was, a like you said, a, a, a bomb of some sort. And you were trying to hide it so no one could, find could it. see it. So, could I mean, you're, you're really looking at this thing going, okay, what colors am I needing to do? What, I right. mean. What shape and what, wow. uh, what lighting. But so it's really interesting because I, uh, doing that, it's so different that, and I couldn't talk about it. I couldn't tell anybody what I did. I had like a building that was nondescript out in uh -huh. the middle of nowhere. Um, and so it's so different what I'm doing now because I'm a pretty loud mouth. I like to talk. I, I like, was going to say. I like to talk about what I do. So people, so I kind of that was not my, that was not my style, but it was because I had an interaction with a whole lot of people mm -hmm. in the world. Yeah. And I homeschooled my children, so I took them with me. That's nice. I did that before anybody else did it. I was kind of a... Yeah. Well, and I was going to say, before we even started, I was telling Kathy, you know, kind of watch where your placement is with the microphone. And then I'm like, what am I talking about? You're loud. <laughs> like I'm very me. Loud. I'm very loud. Loud I, like me. Well, I'm probably hard to hear and not like you. But I, so, you know, but I, I don't know. I'm good. I'm just used to doing well, that. I say that because I can't imagine that would be pretty tough working in a job for decades, not really being able right. to tell anyone what you do. Right. Because that's, that's the first question a lot of people ask. Hey, what, what do you do? And then you say it none was of good. your business. It was good money. I, I bet. It was good money. Um, and interesting. Uh, and, and I really love to dig deep into things and study mm -hmm. things. I mean, I've, I'm a studier. Uh, and it was just really, really interesting. And I think it was so out of my comfort zone, just like making wine. That's totally out of my comfort zone. I don't know anything about wine. My first glass of wine, I was 40 years old. Of course, growing up in the South as Southern Baptist, yeah. we no, no drinking. Mm, I know, yeah. Southern Baptist right here. <laughs> no drinking. But girl, 40 years old, yeah. first glass of wine? Yeah, 40 mm. years old, first glass of wine. First time I ever went wine tasting in the, in the Applegate Valley, I was 60 years old. I didn't even know it existed. You have a lot of work to do. I know. <laughs> a lot of makeup to do. I know. So, I know. But it's been, it's been a, an abundant life. Well, we are going to talk about your vineyard in a second. But getting yeah. back to Department of Defense, was there ever a job that you went on um, 
because it sounds like each one came with its own challenges and it did. and different you know maneuvers or different research that you had to do. Was there ever a job that you just walked in and and they asked a lot of you and it was just like oh my gosh I don't I don't even know where to start. I mean did, did that ever come across? Well, not for me because I actually didn't do the work. I got the work. Okay. So I made sure that. If I got the work, I didn't know necessarily that I'd always know how to do any of it. Okay. But I would always find somebody that would help me to do it and get it done. I'd always get it done. I'm a finisher, so I would get it done. Um, a, a several times, I had to carry documents um, that were classified documents, and I had to keep them with me, at, uh, handcuffed to me. Uh, and that was kind of scary. So there wow. were some scary times. For sure. Sometimes I was scared for my children. Yeah. Uh, when we traveled, we always had uh, someone go with us uh, that I didn't know. But I could tell by their shoes because <laughs> those shoes were too shiny. So it was the, the gover- the, those guys protecting us. Okay. So they would go with us on trips. The shiny shoes? Those shiny shoes. Like Secret Service type shiny shoes? Secret Service. Did they talk into their watch and things like that? They probably did. Probably. But they were protecting us. Um, Well, because you uh, potentially could have been a target. I could have been, and that was part of the top secret. You know, you you can be blackmailed very easily. Sure. And so they wanted to watch and make sure that we were... uh, Did you retire from this job? I did when I was 58 years old. And then I just have to ask, because you couldn't say anything, did you, when you just, when you retired, was it just like, blah... It was kind of like blah, and I just decided, <laughs> you know, I'm going to do something else, but I'm, I'm, I don't know what it's going to be. You know, I'm going to do something else. And uh, so then I just, just started working on my physical being and um, mm. deciding what I was going to do next, you know. Were you living in Southern Oregon at this time? I was. Okay. I lived, I've lived here since the early 80s. That's right. That's lived right. That train trip to... That train trip to Klamath Falls. Okay. Did me in with those portal of baby houses. <laughs> so you... And you, so I've ended up doing a ton of those houses since I've lived here. I've, oh, okay. I've, I've done a lot of houses. So you took a trip from California to Klamath Falls on a train, and did you sort of, just sort of fall in love with Southern Oregon? It's beautiful. I, it's like nothing I've ever seen. Right. The mountains with the snow and the coast with the huge rocks and the trees, and it was just kind of like back in time. Mm-hmm. It was so back in time. The women had on bell bottoms and Birkenstocks, and I went, what is that? You know, it kind of scared me at first because I was I had red lipstick and high heel shoes. Well, duh, you're from the South. And so it was kind of hard for me to like uh, integrate. And in, I just recently kicked off my high heel shoes because I just got over an injury. Yeah. So oh. it's, it's hard to take the Southern out of a Southern girl. It you really, know? you know, I say that all the time. It really is. There's something about, um, you know, my mama used to say there's somebody in our family who would say you put on your face at the beginning in the morning and then you're done for the day right but it's true true. it is true it's true well and it's interesting because i'm truly an introvert believe it or not no i go out i get to do i get done what i need to do but then i go home and i'm like love my home and love to be well you're a homebody i'm a homebody i'm not buying the introvert and that's why i love having a vineyard because i can get up and because my home is on the vineyard i can Mm -hmm. get up in the morning and go out in my vineyard. Do you think, so, okay, I'm going to back up just a little bit. So you, you get to Southern Oregon. You're still working with Department of Defense right. for all these years. Okay. Well, and that's one of the reasons I really liked it here because where I was living in Huntsville 
was so wrapped up in that kind of lifestyle. It was so keeping up with, you know, the Joneses. Yeah. But, mm -hmm. but moving here, I was the only one doing it. And I could do it quietly. And nobody right. asked me what under I was Under the doing. radar. I was oh. totally under the radar. Mm -hmm. So you, you redid these. You bought these two homes and you redid them, remodeled them. And you said that was the first two of many, of several first that you've done? First two of many. Okay, so. I've done about six, and then I've done a couple subdivisions. Then I just recently, uh, I just finished, uh, I built a brand new home on my vineyard. And my husband and I, we did it all by ourselves. Okay. Well, we did it from scratch. Okay, and so people, you were saying, people thought you were an interior designer just because you're really good at it. I'm really good at it. <laughs> I, uh, because um, my business, and I think that's why I was attracted to the uh, work I did was optics. It's seeing things and how you see things. And so if I look outside and there's a piece of trash on the, gr on the ground, it drives me crazy. I want everything to look really nice and pulled together. Okay. And so that's, I'm, a, I'm actually a visual artist. Do you have a little bit of OCD at times? I do. Okay. I am very much so that, that Sa way. That's, same here. Yeah, right. Things have and to be lined up. But that gets things done. I think that's part of the whole, you know, uh, 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 not control, but wanting everything to be just right. Mm -hmm. that's, that's another part of this, uh, we can't help it. That's just the way it is. Well, we like, I mean, I just, I, I think. Like, we, th we like things in order. We just like and to things be pretty. in order. And to be pretty. And then when that's done, then we can go, ha, huh, now I can go and drink my glass of wine and sit back and look at it and look at it. And so, look how pretty it is. And look how pretty it is. Oh, girl, gosh, so, I just, same. It's just so, so the same. And we're, we wear ourselves out sometimes mm -hmm. from that. And sometimes we just need to let it, let it go. And that's how I, uh, how I do that is with my exercise and walking and stuff. Mm -hmm. And that way it takes my mind away from that stuff. I'm a big fan of especially wine glasses, but just glassware in general. And I get it honestly, my mom, we have this obsession with glasses. And we always say, if we see something and we want to buy it, it's like, no, we have enough glassware. I love glasses too. Yes, and so but because to see, the light shines through it and yes, it's clean and it's clean it's and the cabinet uniform and all you, the glasses are lined up. Right, right, oh, right, right. It's and just it's, heaven in my heart. Oh, great! Yes. That sounds like you're a girl after my own heart. Exactly. <laughs> um, and she has some beautiful, you know, depression glass that, right. that my grandmother had, mm -hmm. and all of this beautiful glassware that she says she's passing down to me. Oh, good! And I just can't wait because right. I, I love it. Is I, it green or pink? Um, my grandma's is pink. Is a uh, green. Green. The depression mm -hmm. glasses, green. Mm -hmm. it's beautiful. It, it's stunning. Mm -hmm. And the, it also, I think, tells a story. It just totally does. It totally does. I have a lot of those also. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of glasses. Well, You'd be interested to open in my cabinet okay. and go, woo, it's going to fall over. It's so heavy. I'm in. I just, I love, <laughs> there's something about glassware that just gets me ticking. But I think, too, um, I have these champagne bowl glasses from mm -hmm. my grandmother that, mm -hmm. um, she's still alive, but I have them. Because they're in my house now. Good, enjoy them, use them. I, I do. Every good. time I drink out of them, I think of her. I think good. of being a little kid in her house. Oh, good. That's wonderful. Isn't it? Mm -hmm. There's something very special about that. Oh, I that. think so, too. Okay, enough about glassware. Okay, mama. <laughs> exactly. Um, but you retired from uh, it, Department of Defense, and, and then you're still living in, in Southern Oregon. Did you do other stuff before the vineyard? No. You went from that and you said, I'm opening a vineyard no, or I'm starting a vineyard. I, I didn't do other stuff. But what I did was I um, decided that I needed to get um, healthy after working so many years so hard. I was okay. not stressed out, not having a nervous breakdown, anything like that. But 
So I started doing marathons. So I did my first Portland Marathon when I was 60 years old. Good so I trained you. a couple years, and then I, um, I did. I did great. I was going to ask, did you finish? Oh, I finished. Oh, I finished way out there because I was training. I was like, you know, yes. I mean, I was going to, of course, I finished. I finished. You're a finisher. I finished. I'm a finisher. I finished real uh, fast. Awesome. Good for you. And that, that so was, it was great. That was my first one. And how I've many done, have you done? I've done several, and I've done a lot of other ones. But the Portland, I've done a couple. But it was great. It was a great accomplishment for me on my personal level. Mm -hmm. So that was great. So, no, here's how I got into the vineyard. You ready for okay, this? Okay, I'm ready. Okay. So ready. Okay. So I met a man at church. Mm -hmm. I was single. I met a man at church. I was not thinking about getting married. I this is such a Southern Baptist story right now. <laughs> I, ha I had, I know, I had no idea. I was, I never thought I was going to get married because I'd been married before. I never thought I'd get married again. Okay. Much less, I don't know, have a boyfriend. It was like I was sixty years old. It's like, okay, I'm done with that. I'm just going to figure something else out. I'm sure. Not sure. I'm not sure what it is I'm going to do, but I was fine. I was set financially, you know, mm -hmm. I could do whatever it is I wanted to do. I went on a couple cruises. I, I you know, did some more traveling. And it was just not me. Cruises, cruises are too confining for me. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're okay, but they're just too confining for me. Right. So I met this guy at church, and he was a missionary in the Amazon. He was building an airplane, and he, uh, uh, he had come back from his uh, trip, and he saw me at church. Hi, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. And then uh, we had some friends in common. And one day we went out and had a burger mm -hmm. and a glass of beer. And we just were talking, kicking things around. And then he was a bachelor. He had, he had been married before, but way 25 years he'd been a okay. bachelor. And he's, he's my same age. Well, he's a year older than I am. His name is Sam. Hi, Sam. Hi, Sam. He's a doll. And uh, to put it like Karen had, uh, wrote an article about us recently, I'm the whirlwind in his Zephyr. Zephyr is a cool breeze, and I'm the whirlwind. So he's like my cool breeze. He's my, he calms me down, you know, and then I stir him up. Oh, I so, love so, it. So we're a great combo. Anyway, I married Sam after three months. Okay. I married Sam after three or four months. Knowing him, uh, my family knew him from church, but I didn't know him. Okay. He just saw me, oh my goodness, that lady, whoever she is, you know, she's looks pretty good, but, <laughs> and then he ended up asking me to marry. So we got married. He had a p piece of property in the Applegate. Okay. It was full of cars, trailers, swimming pools, basketball, Tahiti's, uh, he, uh, boy toys. Because he's been a bachelor, and there's a lot of guys living there. Okay. <laughs> and so they were just, he was, airplanes. So he's out traveling, doing his airplane, all these guys come and crash out. So it's just like, and I come in there. And you're like, uh-uh. And I look out there in the yard, and I go, you got to be kidding me. I can't marry you. Look at all this trash out here. <laughs> okay, so let's just sell this. I'll marry you. We'll just sell this, and we'll just find a new spot, right? And we, he had an ocean-going container out there, a red one, and I called it the Red Dog. I sold it for $2,000 on Craigslist the first day I think I met him. But anyway, we cleaned it up. Well, I, you cleaned it up. Let's be real. He was happy with it. 
Yeah, we cleaned this up. This Tasmanian devil <laughs> whirling through, cleaning up his property. We cleaned up his property. We tore down the house. Wow. We planted a vineyard. Wow. I said, you know, this place, would, this is beautiful for a vineyard overlooking the Applegate River, on the West Hills, having the nice sunshine. I said, this would make, that's after he took me wine tasting. I've never been out in the Applegate. You anyway. Were, you were, uh, how old were you at this time? You said I was 60. 60. Okay. Uh -huh. So he, you have this property. He took you wine tasting, and it's just, did it click for you? This would it, be a great place for a vineyard? It did. Hmm. I said, that's what I, if if they can do it, I can do it. This <laughs> paperwork, I can do that paperwork. That sounds easy. I'm going to do that. It was not that easy. Right. It, it was a lot of paperwork. I what, did, I did it. But. What was tougher, the paperwork or the farming? Um, neither one. No? No, it's not tough. No. It's not tough. You don't it's sound, just, you don't sound intimidated tough. at all by that. I'm not. It's not tough. It's not tough. You know, tough, toughness is when you have a heartbreak. Working is not that tough. Because you can always stop and do it tom tomorrow. Heartbreak is what's tough in life. Mm. You know, sadness. Did you Have you had heartbreak in your life? Oh, my gosh, yes, of course. At 70 years old, I'm going to have had heartbreak. Mm -hmm. I've had some heartbreak. My heartbreak's been in relationship to my raising my children. Mm -hmm. Not because they were, they were great, outstanding women today. Mm -hmm. But it was issues. My my one daughter had cancer. She's survived. She's fine. She's a choreographer. She has four children. She's fine. Mm -hmm. And then my other daughter lost some babies. Mm -hmm. So that was my heartbreak. That is heartbreak. I'm so close. To, you're like you're with your mama. Mm -hmm. I'm really close with my daughters. As a matter of fact, they live on either side of me on the vineyard. With That's so all so nice. my grandchildren live near me, near me, um, either side of me. So no, it's not hard. Work is not hard. Heartbreak is hard. Heartbreak is hard. I like that. That's um, that's some good advice. I'm going to write that down. Okay, write that down. Um, and sorry, I have to quickly ask. You said one of your daughters is a choreographer? She is. Oh, she's a choreographer. I love she, to dance. She was a professional ballerina. She was a. She does dance with the Boston Ballet. She goes back to New York a lot and takes classes. She, and she teaches uh, ballet. She does choreography for a lot of the theater around here. Awesome. She um, she has a degree. She has a triple degree: physics, economics, and philosophy from University of Oregon. Okay. But her passion and isn't it great when we can find our passion in life? Mm -hmm. Her passion is being a choreographer. That's awesome. And she's a wonderful choreographer. Triple major. She just showing off at this point? No, I think she just, uh, yeah, she made a little smart aleck. I don't know. She <laughs> just, <laughs> she's just smart. <laughs> just smart. Good for her. That's awesome. I know. And they and, live near you. And then my other daughter is uh, uh, the director of cardio rehab at Asante. And okay, so, wow. So those girls are good. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. They travel the world. You they traveled the world. Two when smarty were pants. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. I think. Well, they, they're my great accomplishment. They well, are my great accomplishment. In they life. probably a lot of it has to do with you. I probably have an influence. Yeah, pro not probably. I think you do. I do. Yeah, I, they're wonderful. They're beautiful. That's awesome. So this vineyard was started. How we, how long ago? Ten, 2000, two thousand eight. Okay, so ten years ago. Ten years ago. We uh, just, uh, I sold wine for uh, uh, weddings, friends, put it in the stores. And then one day someone told me, um, you know, you ought to enter a contest. This is some good wine. And I said, you know, I really never thought about that. 
because uh, everybody likes it. Mm -hmm. But I was thinking, gosh, entering a contest then is like goes more out to the world, and then other people come to you for it instead mm -hmm. of you having to go sell your wine. It gets because real. It kind of gets real, and mm -hmm. it's like. And Sam said, "Hey, Sam. Sam said, uh, <laughs> Sam said, you know, it'd be nice to know what other people think, uh, what professionals think of my our wine. Absolutely. You know, I never really thought about that, but he said oh, that would be nice to know. So one day I said to him, guess what, Sam? I just entered our Tempranillo in the, in the Oregon wine experience. And he said, you did? Oh, that's scary. I don't want to go. And I said, that's okay. I'll go. I'll take care of it. You know, yeah. I'm not scared. I'm not scared. I'll go. I'll go do it. And so then I said, and, but he ended up going anyway. He, he didn't get so scared when he, un, when he won a, a medal. He got excited about that. So he. Uh, what went. did you guys win at Oregon Wine Experience? We won a, a silver. For the Tempranillo. For our 2016 Tempranillo. And it was the only one I entered. I should have entered others, but I didn't. And I am going to. It's Next kinda year. It kind of motivates you to do that. Well, yeah. and just for those who are listening, I've talked about it a few times. The Oregon Wine Competition, uh, these are four masters of wine who are judging, along with two other uh, wine writers, who are judging this wine. And there are... Um, I want to say 50 masters of wine in just the United States, 350 right, in the entire right. world. So it's pretty amazing. A so legit got, competition. Right. So well, that's got to make you feel good. It did. And then so we came home that night after uh, the grand the grand pouring that after Sunday afternoon. And we said, wow, let's go have a glass of our wine to see how we like it now. Do we <laughs> like it better? Because, you know, you think maybe sometimes you get that cellar palette and then you just can't, don't just you, like, you eh. lose track of it, you right. know. I have a 2,000-square-foot wine cellar under my new house that we built, and that's where I do all my wine. So it always smells whiny around there. It's great. I, I love that whiny smell. I don't have a tasting room because as a southern belle, again, gosh, I'm, like, ringing that a lot. It's okay. I just couldn't handle a whole lot. It would be a party all the time, and I would have to be always perfect. It would wear me out. And, and actually, if I had done it when I was young, I think I could handle it and hire people to do it. But since I live on the property, I just don't think that I could, I can, I could handle that going on all the time. Mm -hmm. But I go out and pour my wine and do tastings and do parties and do, so I get plenty of social. Well, I get plenty of social and I don't have that much wine that I have to sure. keep bringing that you in. You have to find what works too. Right, right. And it's just kind of a hobby for me. Well, I mean, I'm making money. I'm keep, making some. Keep up the hobby. It's a great tax write-off. Yeah. Too. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of the way I look at it. But oh my gosh, what an abundant life I've had, huh? Yeah. And it's great. I'm healthy too, and it's really nice because I'm healthy. I would say, and I, I think we've only scratched the surface, but you've had an amazing life. I have. Amazing. I have. And I like the fact that you say if you did have a tasting room on your property, because you're from the South, it would have to be perfect. I agree. It and would I have to be just right. And I would have to be, I'd have the perfect girls. They'd have to look. It just wouldn't work for me. You know, no. it, I don't think it worked for me, especially it, it, right now. Maybe, well, I think maybe that's one of on. the toughest things. I've been talking about this a lot with friends, um, doing what you want to do in life and being okay with it right. and not really caring what other people, other people. question you right. about doing. If not having a tasting room works for you, then that's what you should do. Right. Of course, that's the first pe person that people ask me. The first question sure. is, where's your tasting room? So I have to say, you know, I have to, be, then I have to become very um, personal with almost every person that I talk to about my wine because then I have to explain that to them. And then I... My wine, and this probably with a lot of people's wine, it's very personal. Personal. Mm -hmm. So people love me, they love my wine. 
Well, they, I think, it, and they just just do. It just kind of connects with me. And I love to um, give. Uh, I love to love on people. So it's my way of mm-hmm. sharing that. Mm-hmm with a glass of wine or a bottle of wine. For sure. So it's nice. But I guess too, at the same time, when they say, where's your tasting room, you know, you should feel okay going, I don't have one. Right. But you can buy my wine here, here, and here. Yeah, and I do that. And I think that's that's just it. Especially you. I mean, you're kind of- Out there. A boss. I'm a boss. You are a boss. So my dad was a boss. He taught me to be a boss. I'm just a boss. You really are. We're all self, pretty much self-employed in my whole family. You know, it's just that's just the way it's always been. But in other aspects of your life too, you're a boss. Right, I'm with a your, boss with your girls and and how you've handled, you know, you meeting Sam and right. and that property. I mean, you right. just it sounds like you handle life like a boss. Right. So Sam and I, the day of the grand tasting, uh, uh, on Sunday. Um, was August 23rd. This is at the Oregon Wine Experience. Oregon Wine Experience. It was our 10th wedding anniversary. So it was so fun. What a day, huh? That's special. Yeah, what a day. That's really special. And now everybody says, okay, are you going to plant more grapes? Are you going to buy another vineyard? Are you going to start doing some white wine? And you say, none of your business. And I say, none of your business. (laughs) (laughs) You'll know when you know. (laughs) Do you really say that? Kind of, sort of. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, don't ask, don't tell kind yeah. of thing. Okay. We're going to wrap things up a little okay, a good. little bit. I okay. appreciate you um, on this podcast for a couple of reasons, but one of them, I like to keep the conversation kind of fluid and aligned. Okay. And you today made me go all over the place. Oh. S- and I appreciate that. Oh, so that was good for you. It took you out of your comfort zone. <laughs> yeah. Made me a little nervous. I'm a oh, little. Oh, sorry. I'm a oh, little. You're frust- You're No. See, I was the interviewer. You're the. <laughs> right. I was the interviewer. See, today. Well, that's okay. No, I just appreciate you, you um, making me not stay on track today. We okay. were all over the place, and I think it was beautiful. It's Friday. It's it okay. is. It is totally okay. <laughs> it's all right. okay. All right, Miss Kathy. Uh, best advice you've ever been given. You know, I've been given a lot of advice. I don't take advice very well. <laughs> no. So I'm going to have to go to Jesus on this one. Okay. And Jesus, it's in Matthew, someplace in Matthew. I don't know exactly where. And it, he says, Jesus says, um, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That and golden you know, rule. And that's that golden rule. And I work really hard on it because I really want to do that. Uh, I don't, I fail, but I really want to do that. So if I think about advice, I like to. I like that advice the most. That's what goes into my, the fire in my soul. Mm-hmm. Do do um, be nice to others or treat others the way you want to be treated. Right, and I like it in the positive sense instead of don't treat them like you don't want to be treated. Right. I and I like it in the positive sense. Right, because you never just, know. Just and you be never ki- know. Be kind to others because exactly. you never know where they're what battles they're fighting. What, what battles, battles they're fighting. They're fighting. Especially right. within. All right. I right. like that. Um, if you ever left this place, Southern Oregon, what would bring you back? What would you miss the most? Gosh, um, I think the laid backness of everybody. Uh, everybody mm-hmm. kind of, uh, this is a trailer next door to a mansion. And it's just kind of like a mixture of all kinds of people. I mm-hmm. think that and the hiking and the rivers. For sure. Okay. And, and, and I've been thinking about where am I going to move because of all the smoke. You're not going anywhere. But I just couldn't figure it out where I'd want to move. I haven't figured it out yet. So I don't think I'd go back to Alabama no. because I'm in Southern Oregon. That's right. So you're, you're, you're still in the South-ish. <laughs> Ish-ish. Yeah. And you can't move because we haven't had a glass of wine together yet. Oh, that'll, so. be, that'll be fun. Especially you with you and your man and me and my man. Okay. That'll be fine. Let's do it. Done. <laughs> um, and my final, final three, uh, 
if you were ever given a final meal, a last meal, <laughs> and a last drink, oh boy, what would that be? That would be that would be spaghetti and meatballs. I don't mm. know. It's so Italian, but spaghetti and meatballs, a uh, glass of Cabernet Sauvignon. I love it. No bread. Okay. Maybe some salad. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Spaghetti and meatballs. Isn't that a crazy thing for Southern? But I love spaghetti and meatballs. But it's so classic. It is. It's just, just like, my, just it's, like just my, it's just my go-to thing because I don't get it very often because I don't try, I try not to eat starchy things. Mm-hmm. So that would be, ah, oh, that sounds heavenly. Well, it's classic. Just like you, Kathy that Beaton. meal. <laughs> All right. If you're listening to this podcast on iTunes and you like it, please subscribe, rate, and review. It helps other people find us. We are now also on Google Play. And you can check out the video portion of this podcast at ktvl.com. Just go to uh, Features and then click on Off Script. Kathy Beaton, this was so fun. Was it fun? Loved it. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you.